We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am here, as always, with the studious Rohan Kadi, and we are here to deftly break down what has been the Bucks' worst losing streak since what we covered in Binge the Bucks during the shutdown, the 2019 playoffs. Something we don't love to talk about, but unfortunately we have to talk about far too often, especially after a, pulling up the score, 124-113 loss to the Toronto Raptors. I just said a lot. I'll let you talk. Rohan, first, how's it going? Second, I, I guess uh, hang in there through through this podcast. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'll say that. Uh, my lights are blue to reflect my mood uh, right now. Um I it we had gone a little bit without bringing up the binge the bucks, but we're back. Uh, apparently, better than ever. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was that was an experience. <laughs> that was more enjoyable than this. Was it doing binge the bucks? Not not the 2019 ECF experiencing was it live. It? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought we learned a lot. And okay, we did. We did. Okay, the the first part of binge the bucks was fun. The yeah. last part was just pain. And it was pain. It was, but I think this was worse because the whole story of last season and then the bubble and now this season has been the Bucks. They're learning. Budenholzer's getting better. We're adjusting, and still, it seems like uh, maybe it just is every single game. The Bucks are spotting. I would say countless. That's not true. You could literally count it. I mean, no basketball thing is countless. Like you can always describe a number. What about but heart? I digress. What? Can't count heart. Okay, is that a kidism? That feels like a kidism. Is it? I'm sorry. I don't, it, it feels. It feels like it should be. Um, but they just they spot so many points to the opposition, just doing stupid things. And four game losing streak that's certainly been in play. There's a lot we're going to talk about that's gone wrong. I think focus on the Raptors game the most just because it's the most recent, but there's plenty to talk about from this whole stretch. Um, I think 
first, just the threes again. And there's been different approaches to it. You know, we've seen some more switching. We've seen some switching one through four. We're going to have to have a Brick Lopez conversation, too, because, oof. Um, but, like, anyone dropping on the Bucks on any sort of a Fred Van Vliet possession, that just can't ever happen. That can, I mean, come on. The Eastern Conference Finals. This was only two years ago. Like, we saw what happens if he shoots open shots, and he's getting open shots. Chris Boucher, 46, 43% three-point shooter coming into this game, shoots seven threes, most of them open. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm looking at the box. He shoot, I think, seven. Yeah, he's four for seven mm-hmm. from deep. And again, like, still, still, through all this, kind of a close game at times. Within ten. Within, what, a single possession in the fourth quarter, right? Was it tied at one point in the fourth quarter? Like, this wasn't a blowout despite all of It was, it was a three-point game uh, with, let's see here. Yeah, it was a three-point game with eight and a half minutes left well, in the fourth Toronto, quarter. Well, Toronto, yeah, Toronto wins the fourth by eight. They win the game by 11, so... Three point to start the quarter. Three point at certain points in the quarter. Clearly not out of reach. Like, but these stupid plays are the difference in so many of these games. I don't think tonight is an exception to that. And like, I just, you know, I try to be patient. We've talked about it on the pod a ton. You know, they're working on new things. They're getting better. It's just hard to be patient now at this four game losing streak, seeing some of the same dumb things kill the Bucks that we've seen for the last two years. And it's not exactly the same ways necessarily, but still, it just gets exhausting. I'm exhausted watching Freddie Van Vliet have any space to pull up. Once or twice in a whole game, fine. Not as, he shot 12 threes in this game and made five of them. 12 threes. That's just too many. See, the thing is with this four-game losing streak as a whole, right? It's fine when it's against Phoenix, right? They're a good team. They're a good team. It's Totally okay when you're playing Utah. Utah's on fire. Utah is absolutely destroying the league. Then you go and play OKC without you. I know you talked to our friends over at the Uncontested about that game. Uh, I'll be hopping on there uh, after Friday's hey, game. Nice. So, yeah. So we'll be Check talking about up. that. There. Great yeah. pod. Ch- amazing pod. One of the few uh, positive points on this podcast is just talking about their podcast. It's so good. It's so it's good. Really Everyone good. over there is fantastic. Yeah. But losing to an OKC team without Shea. Uh, who's basically been their entire offense this entire season. And then you lose to another bad team like the Raptors. It's just, it's demoralizing to see, like, you you said this earlier, we've been preaching patience this entire time, right? Oh, they're learning. They're going to figure this stuff out. Okay, are they going to figure this stuff out, or are we just getting ahead of ourselves here? Like, are we, are we reverting back to uh, the regular season mattering too much? Is this a mindset thing, or is this an actual team thing? Because I feel like we've been okay with it up until the Raptors game. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it just because the Raptors sting a little more than any other team? or is it, it might be. Or is it actually like a culmination of they're not actually getting this together? I think it's I think it's a confluence of all the things, right? Like, I, I think it's a lot easier to say they're learning if they drop one or two and then get run off four nice wins, where a lot, a lot of guys look great, than it is if they're dropping four in a row and, I think the first one, the Phoenix game was very close, and then the next games were not very close at all and just kind of embarrassing. Um, I think it's a confluence of things. Like I think certainly it being against the Raptors, which, you know, I you can even say, if you really wanted to be a Bucks optimist, which, funny enough, people say I am, then other people say I'm not. I don't know where, I don't know what I am anymore. I, I you're anymore. everything that people don't think you are on Twitter. That's deep. 
Um, but if you want to be a Bucks optimist, OKC, you could even say, I wouldn't say this, but you could even say, we don't have the tape. I mean, come on, Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson, is it? Ty, you got him confused with the guy that was going to come with the Bucks in the Bogdan trade. Like, okay, they didn't have tape on these people. You know, Hammy Diallo grabs 13 rebounds. What can you do? You could rebound. That would help. But I digress. The Bucks know the Raptors. Come on. The Raptors, like, you know what the Raptors are. They're so familiar with this team. And they still go out there and at times, not all throughout the game, they had some times when they looked pretty good guarding three-point shooters which I actually think makes it more infuriating that at other times, whether it's transition or just doing stupid things on defense, Chris Boucher and Fred Van Vliet are just pulling wide open threes at Norm Powell in the corner, which, again, should be very triggering, and nobody on the Bucks should be down to allow this. And yet, here we are. Yeah, it's just, it feels like they don't learn. I just... <sighs> I can't say anything else that you haven't just said in that sentence that sort of describes the way I'm feeling. Like, I just, people watching this on YouTube will see my reaction when you mention uh, Norman Powell corner threes. It's just, I just, I just don't understand at this point. They've played this team, like you said, so many times over the years. So many times. Maybe, oh, here, here's the thing. I'll try to, I'll try to be a, I'll try to be a Bucks optimist here and a Raptors here we go. hater. Here we go. So Giannis talks about, oh, man, I still have Marcus all traps in my nightmares. But you know what? Everyone leaves Toronto anyway. So maybe he's not familiar with the personnel. They keep, oh. having, to, they keep having to bring in new people because no one wants to be there. I don't even – I can't even muster up. I can't even get after the Raptors people tonight. I don't have it in me. Pat I'm always going to be punching. I know. I, I thank you for your service. Pat counted and almost saves the Bucks the damn game, and they start drawing up plays for him late. That made me sick. That made me sick. Chris Middleton shoots eight times. What do you shoot? Two through the first three quarters. Yep. Two at halftime for sure. I think it was two into the third. I don't remember exactly when he started shooting more, but he had two shots at halftime. And you're drawing up plays for Pat Connaughton. A good game for Pat Connaughton. He went cold after he made all the shots. I'm not going to take anything away from Pat. Amazing Pat game. The most you, More than the most you could possibly ask for. And they needed it to even stay in this one. Pat and Bobby are the only ones to score off the bench. We have so many things to talk about. You want to do? Are, are you ready for my jersey reveal? Yes, absolutely. I'm just doubling down on sadness. It's Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. I looked in the closet. I was like, what's the saddest thing I can wear to reflect how I'm feeling? Oh, I see the number 13. Green and cream. Let's throw that on. Doubling down. Doubling. Get all the sadness out now. That's tough. That's tough. That is tough. I, we should – let's get this out of the way. Actually, I want to I cover this quick before we just jump into negativity. Okay. Drew Holiday's still out. Obviously yes. a factor. Obviously it's super helpful to have him. Super, they super sh- happy to have your third best player who's like a linchpin yes. on defense and a very good creator on offense. And you know what? He's a very important player. Uh, yes. So we so do have to is, we do have to mention that he is not playing. Yeah, he hasn't played in the last five games. So the Bucks are one and four. Yep. Then without him, I think they should at least be three and two. At least, yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, they should have beaten OKC. They should have beaten Toronto. And the Phoenix game, I think, very winnable game too. So yeah, either just, three and yeah, two or four. You lose on the missed buzzer beater. So yeah. So I, I, I don't – it matters. It certainly matters, and I, that's why I wanted to just get it out there. But I, I'll throw this to you. I'm interested to your thoughts. I don't think it can really be used as an excuse. Like, I think you can clearly say 
they missed Drew Holiday, I don't think you can just throw out everything that's happening because as much as he may try, Drew Holiday is not someone who can just fix an entire philosophy of defensive problems by himself. He's working on it. He's doing the most he possibly could, but I don't think that he would have he's, – he's not the flex tape that's just going to fix all of the Bucks' problems. Uh, quick aside, your flex tape joke about the uh, Andre Roberson and the Brooklyn Nets, impeccable. impeccable. I'm getting a Go lot of mileage out of flex. Flex tape marketing is just on point because it's always <laughs> – I used to always think of like the old thing. Are other people aware of this old like trope of like the kid putting his finger in the leaking dam? It's like a, I don't. I, I feel like it's I a no thing. I, I need listeners to weigh in. If you've heard of this before, let me know. If not, let me know. It's like a famous scene from something. I think. So I was trying to find a gift for that, and they're not really out there. So, but flex tape came along, and the guy fixes the whole cut in half boat, and he slaps it on the tank of water, and now now flex tape has become the thing. Bill Swift and flex tape. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's but, great. But yeah, you you can't expect Drew Holiday to really be the flex tape uh, and and sort of fix all of Milwaukee's defensive problems. Maybe because he's not actually with the team, so he can't bully Budenholzer as much. Yeah. But also, like, are you expecting to just play awful in the minutes that Drew Holiday doesn't play? Like, he's not going to play 48 minutes a game. He's not, there are going to be times where you're not going to be playing with Drew Holiday on the floor. Like, what are you supposed to do then? You should be able to take this time as a learning experience and not be like, oh, man, we don't have Drew. What are we supposed to do here? You can be like, oh, how can we maximize ourselves without Drew? Because given he is a very important player, like I mentioned earlier, very important to this team's offense and defense and entire identity and how they're going to win. If they want to win the title this season, Drew Holiday is a key, key piece in that. But he can't be everything. He cannot be everything. He's the third best player on this team. He cannot be the entire team. No. The issues are just deeper than not having him. I, I think pretty clearly, pretty obviously. Um, you pick. I want to do one of the negatives. We have a lot. I feel like I, I, in my mind there's three to four main ones. We don't even Let's not even name them at once. Let's just bounce around. But you, you go ahead and start us off. What What pissed you off the most? about this game or this losing streak. Because I feel like this is going to be – this is one of those therapy pods for us, right? Like this is going to be hopefully cathartic by the end. So let's just dive right in. Okay, you mentioned this one already. We should probably talk about Brook Lopez. Here we this, go. Yep. This chess match sort of started before the game even started. It um, was like with... eight pawns, two rooks, two bishops, two knights, a king and a queen versus a pawn was this chess match. But I digress. Go on. Pawn might be a little much. <laughs> So he, might, he might have put a uh, Budenholzer might have put a checkers a button. piece on the board, thinking, "Isn't this what game we're playing?" <laughs> a sad button. Yeah. So the Raptors decide to go small with their starting lineup and put Siakam at center. Uh, Siakam, by the way, awful, not good, not great. Uh, yeah, this like, guy. He started to finish contract. at the end, but got goodness, eight for twenty-three. Yeah, great. Max, max contract. Good job, Toronto. Uh, Always. Uh, <laughs> but when you think of that, you're like, okay, Brooke Lopez is probably still going to start. We know this team. We know Budenholzer. They're not going to make game-to-game matchup adjustments, right? We accept that at this point. Well, we don't accept it in terms of, like, we think that that's the correct thing to do. But we accept that it's going to happen because, Re- you know, It's reality. It's just where it's we re- are. Yeah, it's reality. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Ignore the fact that Budenholzer is still the coach of this team? Like, he's made a lot of changes. But come on. He's the, he's the same guy. So, Brook Lopez still starts. You would expect, you would hope, especially against this team, 
that Brook Lopez, you know what? Maybe this isn't the matchup for him. Maybe he's been struggling a little, a little bit. Maybe we should get Bobby Porter some more run at center because Bobby has been incredible this entire season. No, that does not happen. So immediately, the Bucks just start getting burned on drop coverage by Brook Lopez. Just absolutely burned. And what do they do to adjust that? Not not really anything. Not really anything at all. Some so one through four switching, a thing here and there, but the obvious move to like that, no, not that, play. That didn't even happen until the end. It, yeah, though. that's true. That, that's that was point. like a fourth quarter thing where they were like, okay, fine, we'll start switching, but we'll switch yeah. one through four because we can't let Brooke do that. And that it it took until the fourth quarter for that to happen. So there were not really any matchup adjustments up front, and not even anything for Brooke in general. It's like, okay, how do we maximize everything around Brooke? It, this team is sort of transitioned from Brooke is the linchpin of our defense to we have to adjust to Brooke's shortcomings real quick. That yeah. happened really quickly. And I don't really know how Milwaukee moves on from this. It's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. Uh, I think we're gonna have to do more trade deadline content than we anticipated a few weeks ago. I, I feel like John Horstock, baby. I, I've gone. You better hope. You better hope. We all better hope it goes up. Um, I've gone from maybe a low key DJ Wilson move to like they probably actually need to do something at this point. Um, Brooke Lopez, man, they they post him up the first possession on offense, and you know before the game. I was like, oh, they should, really shouldn't start him. Uh, Bobby Portis or Giannis and Torrey Craig. And, of course, you know, like you mentioned, he started. They don't really change much to, to open the game or for a very long time. And, and you know, a couple Bucks fans, bless their hearts. And I don't mean that in the rude Southern way. I mean genuinely, bless their hearts. At, oh, you can use he's a post-up mismatch. It's, it's, an, it's an advantage there. And I was like, have you watched Brook Lopez this year? Like, he's going to do some – dumb fadeaway trying to act like Dirk Nowitzki and it's not going to go in. And like for, you know, we already roasted Siakam and who ended up mostly drawing him. Uh, OG Ananobi was used on Giannis in his minutes a lot. Like Siakam, I, and I wouldn't want to post him up all day. I don't think that's a big win for the Bucks. I don't think that's a worthwhile. It's not like they, I mean, honestly, pretty much no one, I guess Norm Powell would be the one guy. Like I wouldn't want to post up Kyle Lowry. All day. Like, he's going to grift and pull the chair enough to not make it worthwhile. You have to win in the post decisively to make it worth going to over and over. I don't think Brooke can do that anymore. He certainly couldn't do it against Siakam. First possession, the double team comes. He can't get the ball away in time. It's a Raptors dunk or three or one or the other. Not good. Two points. I think it was two. Um, And he ends up with as many turnovers as made shots, two of each. He also makes four free throws. But offensively, just was not adding much. You know, Mates one of his two threes, which really was like an important shot. And that's what it's come down to for him, honestly. It's like, was Brooke Lopez completely unsalvageable tonight? Did he make a three or two? And that, like, if he didn't, it's really hard for him to have any sort of positive contributions. On defense, it's just not there anymore. I don't think he's impacting shots around the basket the same. I don't think he's been nearly as much of a deterrent. This is another zero-block game for Brook Lopez. His block numbers are down a lot. And I know blocks aren't the only thing that indicates good defense, but it helps. It helps if you knock the ball out of the other guy's hands before it goes in the basket. It's just been going in the basket a lot. He's not rebounding very well. Five rebounds. He's played just about 30 minutes. Like These are not small minutes to get something done. He just hasn't helped there. When he gets out on the perimeter, honestly, it's not the worst, but it's not very good. I think he gets lucky a lot of the times, and guys just like pull up over him, and you'll just take that. 
but guys get around him really easily. It's just been bad. Like, there's not really anything that he's done in the last few games outside of, like, you know, an open dunk from the dunker spot or making a three here or there that I've been like, oh, this is really helpful basketball. I don't know how it's possibly changed this much from last season and particularly the bubble, but it looks bad. It looks really bad. Yeah, it really does. I think one thing the Bucks probably should do is just go and switch with him. Just go one through five. Because like you were saying, people are going to try and pull up over him. And if they do, or if they do sort of get past him, they have Giannis helping. So that's fine. That's fine. But at some point you have to ask the question, like, what are we, what are we doing here? (laughs) Like if we're out there trying to switch Brooke Lopez one through five, what's the point of having Brooke Lopez out there? Realistically. It's, you know, I tweeted last week, I think, or over the weekend that, you know, Bobby Portis is the best center on the Bucks, not named Giannis. And that was like 50% about Portis and 50% about Brooke Lopez. And I think that's what people were missing with the entire point. Like, I'm not saying, like, Bobby Portis isn't as good at center as Brooke Lopez was last year or the year before, in my opinion. But that's just not the guy in the roster starting the games anymore. Like, it's just not. And can he get back there? Hopefully. We haven't seen, again, we just haven't seen much positive to indicate that he's shooting much better and it's still like really rough every single game. The the the, the half step it seems like he's lost is really hurting the Bucks on defense. Yeah, it really is. I just I don't understand what's holding them back besides just the familiarity factor. Honestly, because it Yeah, kind of, no, like it is a big change, right? It's yeah. it's hard to go from Brooke Lopez, like I mentioned earlier, being the centerpiece of your defense to sort of being the weakest link out there. Because he is. He is right now. He is the weakest link on the Bucks' defense. And that's why this defense isn't as good as it used to be. It's hard to tell, like you mentioned, what's happened. Has he lost a step? I feel like it's probably teams just hunting him more in terms of, yeah. okay, there's a there's a weak link out here. We're going to exploit this. It's probably that because previously they would just teams would just sort of play into the Bucks defense. It was more of like the Bucks being more aggressive on defense compared to, you know, teams just sort of being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna isolate this matchup and just sort of go at it time and time again. Because like, look at what the Raptors did. They're like, oh, Brooks dropping Fred Van Vliet, you're gonna go off tonight, and he did. He did. He yeah. took advantage. Yeah. So. I don't know how to fix this besides really just going with Bobby Portis. I I don't love that solution. I'll get into it. For the folks who want data, I know there's some who don't trust our eye test, which I would always trust us based on listening history. Well, maybe not when it comes to buck stock market investments. But That's a Sunday. Another thing. Uh, yeah, it's a Sunday thing. So last season, I built a Brook Lopez DPOI case. Partially, yeah. partially through the year, he was that good. And I built it on eye test, but I used numbers to back it up. So the Bucks defense, uh, I, it, I think this flip-flopped later, but I think for a while it was the case, or maybe it was just always close. But, like, remarkably better with Brooke out there. Allowed 100.1 points per possession with Brooke, 102.5 without him. Again, I think those numbers declined later on. It used to be even more pronounced. This season, and I believe this is updated, NBA stats, through the uh, through this game tonight. Brooke on, defensive rating of 
Westbrook off defensive rating of 105.9. So they've been noticeably worse on defense in his minutes. There's still some noise. It's still early. I mean, for noisiness' sake, their worst defensive player, Is it according still to that. Early? I mean, Torrey Craig, right now, they, they play the worst defense with him out there, but he hardly plays. That's a whole other thing. I know, but that's too. what I'm saying. It's that's not a, that early. It's not that It's early. a different sample size. Like, this, we've yeah, had yeah, yeah. a decent amount of games at this point. Like, what are yeah. they now, 16 and 12? That's a yes. solid, yeah. That's a solid yeah, amount of games. It's set 760 minutes of Brook on, 584 minutes of Brook Yeah, off. that's a good sample. Yeah. And, and net rating is still close, but I mean, like, he plays so much with Giannis and Chris and Drew Holiday when he's available that I think the net rating would take longer. But they're yeah, still better yeah. net rating wise with him. There's noise. Off. There's noise to that too. You tweeted about that, like Pascal Siakam was saving Brook Lopez's uh, net rating <laughs> in this game because Siakam he was just being playing off. unable to make shots. I mean, like he had so many open looks that went out. I mean, this this could have been an ugly blowout if Pat didn't go full nuclear Pat and if Siakam hit shots like this. And Lowry doesn't get hurt and go out. And, yeah, again, Drew was out. I acknowledge it. The The optimists will go at me if I don't say it every so often. But it, it could have been, I think, pretty pretty ugly. Yeah, it definitely could have been. There, it, was, it could have been ugly both ways, too, honestly. Like, the Raptors, like, they sort of had some... Eh, I can't even... I can't even... I can't even pretend to <laughs> believe yeah. that. Yeah, no. no, it was just, it was bad for Milwaukee. Just real bad. I was going to say Pat could have gone off for like 50 or something, but I was like, <laughs> I stopped myself. <laughs> I would I think I would have bought a jersey on site. If that happened, yeah. Did oh, you, you know, see that, that, you see that, that picture? Oh, that yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it was. No. That was amazing. <laughs> we put it, in, this is why if you're not in the Discord, you need to take a picture of your five-star review mm-hmm. of the, a screenshot of your five-star review of the Eurostep on Apple, or if you don't use Apple and you for some reason can't download it and help us out, a screenshot of you listening on your pod platform of choice and send it to us on Twitter at Tywindish at Arcadi Jr. Or you can email it to TywindishNBA at gmail.com if you're not on Twitter. Get in the Discord. It's cool. We talk bucks. It's kind of a disaster right now, but it, for good reason. Um, yeah, it, it was a great meme. It was a great meme. But if Pat drops 50, I'll, I'll buy the jersey. Put that in. Regular season or playoffs only. No preseason, no summer. I don't know why he'd be in summer league, but I just want to – no Drew League, <laughs> if, none of that. If Pat Coddison drops 50 in preseason, you'd still have to. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Um, if anyone drops 50 points in a preseason game, I, that that's the ultimate test to see how much Pat has over, like, Bucks management and, like, the coaching just because he's good friends with – yeah, I mean, given he played really well, I'll say yeah. that. But if he's – is he if he's playing enough minutes in a preseason game to drop fifty points, like just I I don't know what to say at that point. Yeah, I, we're always gonna have a lot to say. That's for sure. We have to have a Chris Middleton conversation. Yeah, yeah, just not good enough tonight, and really against Oklahoma City as well. And but I think tonight and the Utah game were the worst. So I was looking at his usage rating by game without Drew Holiday. So the Denver game, which feels like feels like pre-pandemic is how long ago that feels in Bucks terms now. It feels like February 2020, like, 
Oh, remember? I was just worried about World War Three with Iran. There was, like, some missile oh, yeah. stuff happening. Remember this? Yeah, that was I my do. biggest concern. I was like, oh, I had trouble falling asleep one night. I was like, man, is, am I going to get drafted? Is World War Three happening? This is going to be bad. And now it's like that would have been light work based oh, on I everything forgot else about that. <laughs> Light work problems. World War Three, nothing. That's how I feel now about the Denver. That game. feels like, like five years ago. I, exa- exactly. Thank you. Exactly my point. But Chris Middleton in that game, usage rating of just under 29, and he had 12 assists. Playmaking Chris, very exciting stuff. We loved it. At Phoenix, usage rating of about just under 27, but again, 11 assists. So it's like, okay, he's still, he's distributing. He took 17 shots, and against Denver, he took 16 shots. So if you're taking, you know, I'd like to see 20 without Drew, but if you're going to get double-digit assists, clearly you got the ball a lot. Fine. And he took 11 free throws against Denver. Really involved. He took just three against uh, Phoenix, but Giannis, was, Giannis took 21, so there wasn't that many to go around. Against Utah, Chris is 6 for 14 with four assists, usage rating of just under 22. Not enough. Not enough. We need more Chris possessions. And we're at the point now where we've put on capes to such an extent for Chris, for good reason. He's played extremely well in almost all the games. You know, he's going to get doubled sometimes. That can't just be like, oh, he's doubled, he's shut off. Like, the team and Chris himself need to be better in those situations. Against OKC, Chris has a usage of 32. He shot a lot but didn't make many and only three assists. So, again, you'd like to see more playmaking. Giannis kind of started to take some of the playmaking load back in that game. It's an interesting conversation, I think, to have with those two. This game against Toronto, just a disaster for Chris Middleton. Four for eight, like I mentioned two attempted field goals at half. Yeah, he got doubled a lot. We're going to have to figure that one out. Like you can't you can't just shut him down by doubling him. That's that's not good for the Bucks. The, um, the opposing team cannot both double Giannis and Chris. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, that's bad. Uh no assist for Chris in this game. A team low minus 19. He just wasn't useful for most of the game. 1 for 3 on threes, at 4 for 8 overall, th- draws two free throws. Just not enough. They got to figure something out there. Yeah, you mentioned his playmaking in those uh, couple games you mentioned: uh, Denver, Phoenix, Utah, OKC. His assist percentage just fell off a cliff. Just fell off a cliff. Forty-seven point eight against Denver. Forty-four point two percent against Phoenix. Fourteen point eight against Utah. Twelve point nine against OKC. That's just that's. And then goose egg. Oh, that looks like Illuminati. Yep. Oops, goose. That's a zero. <laughs> goose egg. Yeah, yep. So it's just, I don't know what happened in terms of schematic, like, adjustments offensively, like, what happened. But is it is it a Chris not being aggressive sort of thing? Is it him just playing into the motion? It also, also again, for the optimists out there, this is a long road trip that the Bucks were on there where they just have to spend time in their hotel rooms alone the entire time because uh, of the new health and safety protocols. So... For the optimist, that's also probably a no more factor. Uh, no more close personal friends. Yep. That mm-hmm. I, I've I've known a forever security person. Trust <laughs> me. Close CPF, close personal friend. Chris Middleton, seven assists in the second half of the Denver game. Seven assists in the Jazz game, the OKC game, and the Toronto game combined. There's Ooh, a bad good stat. stat. Good Hashtag stat. Well, it's a good stat it, for me. Yeah. Bad stat for the Bucks. Um, it's clearly not enough. I mean, it's you can only say it so many times. I think I tweeted as much. Like, I don't want to absolve Chris and be, you know, we're obviously very pro-crow, 
pro Chris generally on the Eurostep podcast, but he's just got to do more. Like, you got to demand the ball sometimes. I'm sorry. Like, if DJ Augustine is initiating offense for three straight possessions and you're either on the high post or in the corner, just go get the ball, Chris. It's push DJ Augustine over. I don't think it would come to that. I think he'd pass you the ball. But if it comes to that, it comes well, he to that. sure as hell ain't shooting it. So he's gonna. Get oh, oh! Don't even get me started. Don't even. Oh, well, I mean, we'll probably get there. It's the it's yeah. the rant pod. It's an official rant pod. But but on the other hand, like well, the Bucks are just like run him off a screen. Like let's get him going. Let's Do something. Some more stuff with Giannis. Just like, anything. Like he's just he's in the low post. He gets the ball. Two Raptors are in his face. He's throwing it to freaking Dante DiVincenzo. He, he's going to shoot. He's always going to shoot. What was this, his first shot attempt? Was it like a 2K-style crossover ISO 3? And it was just beautiful. And then it was just nothing after that. Yeah. It's just, this has been the problem with Chris, right? It's the lack yeah. of aggressiveness. Honestly, that's what it's been with him. Because we've known, we've been known that Chris is capable of doing these things at a high level on a consistent basis. And he's been getting better at it over the years. And that's in part because he's been demanding the ball more. He's been more integrated into the offense. He's been given more freedom in the offense to do what he does. And he's been more aggressive about it. But then all of a sudden we get these stretches where he just goes back into his shell. Like, I I feel you, Chris. That happens. That happens to everyone. But, like, come on. You're doing really well, my guy. Come on. (laughs) It, it can't happen like this. It, it happens, but it just can't happen. Uh, hey, like better this. better now than the playoffs. Five turnovers, no assists, four of each. More turnovers than assists and mid shots combined. Bad. Hashtag bad. I wonder if the Bucks have ever in this era won a game where Chris has more turnovers than assists and made shots combined. That is hellacious. I don't know how many times that's ever happened. <laughs> First one I thought of that. Whatever that game was against the Raptors in the playoffs. Or was it the Raptors? He had a really bad game. I think it oh, – no, it might have been a different series. It might have been the first Raptors series. Maybe. I think I think that's – I might be able to think of that. It doesn't – I digress. It doesn't matter. Um, 11 points for Chris, not enough. Dante DiVincenzo, 14 shots. Dante's like, oh, you don't want to shoot DJ and Chris? Got you. Too many shots. One for eight from three. I don't want to move on from Chris too too soon. Do we have more Chris stuff? I mean, like, I don't I'm know what else we place. can say besides just he needs to be more aggressive. Aggre- yeah, he just needs to be more aggressive. And he needs to be put in better spots as well. It's 50-50. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There needs to be actions run for him. There needs to be some anything like, run for him, realistically. Let him take the ball up. I feel like he barely brought the ball up in this game. I feel like he like barely he touched the ball this game. Yeah. He was like, used I, as more of like a quaternary, not even tertiary creator on the scene. Yeah. That's wow. the word. That, I don't doubt you. That's just that's that's a hell of a pull on a word. That's a yeah. that's deep in your bag. Yeah. So I just I don't know. I don't understand. They were they were doing stuff for Brooke Lopez early. Like I mentioned you mentioned, excuse me, first possession of the game, post him up. They ran more stuff for Brooke Lopez than they did Chris Middleton. They ran more stuff for Pat Connaughton than yep. they did Chris Middleton. They, that is a fact. That is a fact. I don't get why. Like, I, I don't know why the Bucks are late on listening to the Eurostep. I don't get it. I've clearly spelled out that you can't just put the ball in DJ Augustine's hands and expect it to work well. He needs to be off ball. I'm still seeing him run as a point guard. He's just not that. Again, six assists. 
fine, solid, zero for two on shots. And on the team one is minutes by two points. That's I think that's the Bobby Portis effect. But congrats, DJ Augustine. You get some plus minus back in this one. He's just it's, uh, he's got to be off ball. Like I don't want Chris just chilling on the block waiting to get double teamed while DJ Augustine dribbles into a pick and roll just to back out of it, think about shooting, not shoot, pass to Dante, who's like, I'll shoot. I got it. Like full Bobby Portis style game from Dante, but in the bad way of just like shooting yeah. everything except not the Bobby Portis thing of making everything. Yeah, do we do we want to go DJA or Dante next? I don't know. I guess Dante. Okay, we're already in this. I just so, no no joy coming to me from that choice. I mean, this is this is a rant pod, and rants usually come at the expense of joy. Uh, we're only we're only thirty five minutes in. We got two hours at least to go. Okay, cool. Are we really thirty five minutes in already? That's why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fast on a ramp, pod. So Dante Divincenzo, he's had a couple games off from you know going erratic. I feel like he sort of he reeled himself in a little bit, reeled himself in a little bit. I'll say that for Dante standards recently. Yeah. Yeah, that that went out the window. <laughs> it did. Um, yeah, to be fair, to be fair, I, I was late I was in the, the game. Same thing. He was make late in the game. He was making some good decisions. He was uh, having nice dump-off passes to Pat and Giannis late in the first quarter, uh, fourth quarter, pardon me, after drives, where he was just sort of contorting his body, making easy passes. He was making good reads later, but it's all too late. He was also dribbling into mid-rangers like four seconds into the shot clock when the Bucks we gotta, we gotta, need good offensive possessions. We got to cut those <laughs> out. We got to. Those like, are, oof. When's the last time he's made one of those? It's like full Patrick Ewing on that one. Step back one-legged. When did you practice that? <laughs> it's a great comp. Just, I, I don't know. In fairness to him, you want a, a Ty Windish athletic story? Not the athletic, but sure. my athletic career. Of course. Played golf. Played, played golf two years in high school. I think two, maybe okay. three. Played baseball one year. I was the worst baseball player. Played golf after that. I was even worse as a golfer. I put up a 90 and nine holes in my first meet. Tragically bad stuff. Like prime, like the worst DJ Augustine game of the season. That was my level. That was my, my normal golf level. But we're at practice once and we're putting. And like three straight of my teammates leave putts super far short, right? And our coach lays into us like, you cannot leave these putts short. You never want to leave a putt short. It's the worst thing you can do. So I get up there. What do I do? I blast the freaking putt, right? Like it, it just goes straight over the hole, like off the green entirely. And the coach kind of just shrugs. And he's like, you kind of had to do that, right? Like you couldn't leave it short. I totally get that. Like it, it's, it's what happens. That was Dante DiVincenzo watching nobody else shoot except Giannis and just saying like, well, somebody's got to. I'll do it. I'll go for it. So I kind of see where he's coming from. A lot of the shots he took are plainly ridiculous. He needs to – this is a Euro group discord nugget of wisdom. His shooting splits when he is set versus when he's not set is dramatic. Like, please stand still before you shoot the threes, Dante. Don't ever pull up into long twos. That's a Chris Middleton thing. I guess it's a honest thing. Just don't pull up. Don't – yeah, that would work too. Like, get to the rim or take a catch-and-shoot shot. But, again, when Chris Middleton is being passive and God knows what Brooke Lopez is up to – and DJ Augustine is like, oh, I would hate to shoot a shot. 
I kind of get like it. It almost feels to me like he's not commentating for his own game as much. He's commentating for like all the tentativeness around him. Yeah, he's going full Greg Jennings, putting the team on his back when he doesn't need to, though. Yeah, yeah. I, he does. He I'm bringing need out the to. references. The references are good. He shouldn't need to. Is what yeah. I'll say. No, he sh- he definitely shouldn't need to. If Dante is doing this and Chris is doing what he's doing, there's this is not how the Milwaukee Bucks succeed at all. We need a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah, that's a double reference. It's a song and a movie now. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess so. Cool. I was gonna go. Uh, this is this is not the one uh, of the scenarios that Doctor Strange foresaw. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I did. Not, uh, I think. I think recently I did. Uh, I've come to bargain. Uh, uh, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. When it's like the Bucks are giving up a ton of threes again. That's just the same thing on loop over and over and over. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, just deep size. It's just, eight assists for Dante. Yeah. yeah, like I was saying, he was making good reads, making good yeah. dump off passes late in the game. Like that's fine. That's what we like to see from Dante. This is only like his third year, given he's old still, but. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, he's still developing as a player. He's not a finished product yet. But it, I at guess... At least he had an up-and-down yeah. game. No, you yeah, at least He did have some ups. Like, yeah, that's exactly. good. Oh, he did have a put-back dunk, too. Ha, ah, reference. Uh, he had some ups. Get it? Oh, uh, yeah, that Yeah, yeah, see? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is fun. Uh, <laughs> but, it... yeah, yeah. Where was I going? Dante... Don, yeah, just... Had some ups, but... He also had, like... I don't know what his shot selection is. It's I don't know what anyone's what shot selection is on this team. It's just... Bad. It baffles me at this point. Yeah. Like, if we're saying Dante's still a developing player, he's definitely learning by example. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, who who is he supposed to... Who's he supposed to take from Chris, who is just on and off? Like, as we're seeing, he's off right now. Is he is he trying to be like, oh, if he's off, I got to be on? Is it going to be like, oh, DJ Augustine, I'm not going to take any pass, uh, take any shots. I'm going to just move the ball around. Is it going to be like Bobby Portis, be like, I'm taking all the shots? That's that's what we've gotten. Like that's what I'm saying. These are the people he's learning from, and he's just yeah. an amalgamation of all of them. I think he's pulling up like prime Michael Jordan clips. Ever since I used the Michael, Michael Jordan MJ of Delaware. Delaware. Yep. Yeah. Ever since that was a thing, Dante's like, I know who I am. Um, <laughs> Michael Jordan had pictures of Dante on his <laughs> on his wall. Dante right? and Marcus Johnson. Yep. Um, like I think this is just a personal thing, but I will always dislike passiveness more than activeness, which is why I'm not incredibly low on Dante's game. I didn't think it was a good game, but. At least he tried to do things. Like I, I can't stand when players just get nothing. Yeah, we done. can't, we can't harp on Chris for not being aggressive yeah. and then being like, "Oh, Dante, you're being way too aggressive here. Stop that." Well, we can. I mean, there is, can, a, there is but... a balance. There is a balance yeah. you need to have there. But it's also like, if if Chris isn't doing it, like you said, if Chris isn't doing it, if DJ's not doing it, just someone's got to. Dante was not in the three most troubling bucks of this game. I'll say. Okay, so we've hit two of them, right? The yeah. We should probably move on to the third. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DJ August. I mean, I, the the main. I, I want to get to Bud. Yeah, we'll, but get we'll save that. We'll save that. DJ Augustine. I don't know, man. I, I don't even know if I have that much. I mean, the guy, it's just like he finally draws free throws, and I believe the OKC game, and he misses the first one. And I was like, oh, you've been trying for like a month to get these free throws. He finally gets to the line. Hey, do some more team, tonight. The Bucks as a team. Did he? No, he didn't. Didn't he? He was 0 for, 0 for 0. Oh, dang. I thought he... Maybe oh, he drew it. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> um, he had two missed shots, no points, no free throws for DJ Augustine. A classic DJ Augustine game. Um, the Bucks as a team are just terrible at free throws. That's a weird thing. Nobody. Like, even when Giannis isn't awfully bad. Like, Dante will randomly miss one. Christmas, two in crunch time this week. It's weird. It's, it's like, practice the free throws, please. But DJ Augustine, like, again, six assists tonight is a good game for him despite no scoring, being taken advantage of on defense, etc. One turnover, two rebounds. It's just not, not giving you anything. But, again, this game, one thing. that opened some looks up. That's good. Le- legitimately, that's good. Nothing else. So, this is the epitome of DJ Augustine's performance tonight. So he had, uh, who was it? Was it Aaron Bain switched on to him in like the late third, fourth quarter? And then he like brought it back out. And he was of like, course. no, bullet pass to Bryn, move. Bullet pass to Bryn Forbes in the corner. And then Bryn Forbes starts to drive, misses a floater. And then it's the same position again. DJ Augustine backs it up against Aaron Bates. He backs it out. And then bullet pass immediately to the corner. Like, do something. <laughs> what are you doing? We were hyped about DJ Augustine because he would actually shoot the damn ball compared to George Hill, who didn't shoot. And we're having the same problem again. It's wor- no, it's like, worse What now. happens it's to backup point guards when they come to Milwaukee? Like, does Mike Budenholzer just suck their soul out in terms of actual, like, shooting ability? Like, he's like, no, you're not shooting the ball anymore. Is it like, is it, is it like pop in Game of Zones where you just – Puts their soul in a box or something. Just like, no, you're a passer now. You are a passer. Like, what? What happens? I don't. I don't know, but I hate it so much. Again, I just talked about being passive versus being active. He just like when he has the ball, it's just like, you know, when it's like 3 p.m. on a Friday at a work day, and it just becomes a run out the clock situation. He's pulling up a spreadsheet, enter a couple values, 
open up Discord or whatever. It's like all of his possessions are like run out the clock. Like how many dribbles should I take before I fire this bullet pass or just go flying out of bounds on the drive? And it's almost always the bullet pass. It's just like, it's so easy to read. It's so predictable. Like if you're guarding DJ Augustine, just stand near him and you won't have to do it for very long. He's just, he's going to get rid of the ball. He just won't, he won't do it. It's very, very disappointing. It's extremely disappointing. He, I think it was blocked. It might have not. We need to just devote a segment to the shot that missed by a good five feet. I think it. I, I think it was blocked. I, I think, think it, it was, was tipped blocked. by Boucher, who is the best I think ever at blocking threes. However, he was so open when he got that ball, and of course, because he's DJ Augustine on the Bucks, he had to mentally do his taxes before he could take the shot and enough time elapsed that it gets tipped and it looks like it misses by five feet. I'm still, there's still 5% of me. It's like, he might've just missed that hard. I'm not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I do think it was blocked, but it's just like, it was blocked because he stood there for an hour. Like just shoot. If you're DJ, like I can't even think of a buck. I don't want shooting right away. If they get a shot, that, even the honest who like Giannis would dribble for an hour and then shoot. But like you get away with that. If you're Giannis, DJ Augustine, scientifically, not Giannis. That's my conclusion on that one. <laughs> I have math. DJ Augustine, scientifically, not Giannis. Quote of the pod. Uh, I had to put scientifically in there to let people know how serious I was. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think, is there anyone I wouldn't want shooting off the catch on this team? Not really. No. I, we're, I think we're at a point where everyone... I mean, I, maybe, I guess Tenasis. I go for it, man. Like, Yeah. I, he he will. He will. If he's out there, yeah. he will. Oh, yeah. He definitely will. He, he will do things when he's out there. Hey, he he got some run at the end of the first and third quarter for about seven seconds. Yeah, ESPN rounds are down to less than one minute. <laughs> no, uh, I, think he got a combined, I think he got a combined 16 seconds of game time. Just Why? Like really, you needed his defense. Like, like Tory Craig, we have to have a. Oh, we have to have so many conversations. <sighs> yeah, but DJ DJ Augustine, I'll say this: imagine him as a secondary creator, like on the weak side. Yeah, Just I think that. that's what it's got to be. I think that's what it has to be at this point. I don't know how it hasn't been that. I mean, when you pay whatever the MLE for, most of the MLE for right? him. Yeah, yeah, I think you just want to get more, right? Like, you like well, there's got to be more here. You're trying to get blood from a stone, and it's just, it's not really happening. Yeah, but also, like, you gotta, you gotta get something because you're not really no, getting I anything I right know. now. I, I mean, I certainly agree with you. You know where I'm at on this, but I, I think, I think the thought is like there has to be more here, and I just, I don't think there is. I, I think we're gonna have some more fun, like I said, on the trade machine than we thought with. T- 20-ish million dollars in combined salary that at this point it's like please package it somehow and get something back. I was really looking today is there is there a DeMar DeRozan Avenue? There's not. It was just too much salary. Just how much, much how much does DeMar make? 27. Ooh. Thought it was closer to 22. If it's 22 I think you can figure it out. 27 a little Did tough. he opt in? Right? Yeah. Uh, I think yeah to this year. Yeah, to this year. He would have been right? a free agent target. Yeah, he opted okay. in. This I was is like, there's no way year. they paid him $27 million free agency. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would have, I would have um, remembered that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it'll be a fun trade deadline. I'll say that. Yeah. Hopefully. I was Hopefully. thinking about this though. When's when do the Bucks ever trade recent signings? Is there a real answer for this? No, they don't. Probably not. That's a, like I'm, yeah, I'm asking. Not. No. Yeah. It took how long for Monroe? I guess Bledsoe was technically signed pretty close to when he was traded. Okay. Yeah. But it was more than a year. Right? No. Yeah, it was over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he he extended at the end of eighteen nineteen. Oh, was it really that long ago? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it was. I, I wouldn't have called it a bargain in nineteen twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he extended while Bragdon was still on the team. Yeah. Sadness. It took. Yeah. <laughs> uh shows the jersey. <laughs> but yeah, they this team doesn't really trade uh, players that they recently. I think, I think it's. I think it's rare in general. Yeah, especially in this market. Well, yeah, and I, I just think it's like a it's a GM thing across sports, right? Like it was this was their Daniel do it. I mean, and Danny doesn't give a damn um, yeah. about what happened to those players. But yeah, look um, how well it does him. That's facts. Hey, Tristan Thompson, big acquisition. Um, probably getting traded to the yeah, Bucks? Question mark. I hope not. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely holding back. Like he, he has more. Let's to not offer. do this. I, I'm depressed enough. I don't want to try and sell myself on Tristan Thompson. Sorry, Tristan Thompson. Um. Tory Craig, eight minutes in this game. Yeah, I just, I don't know if this is a matchup thing, because this isn't really a matchup for him, per se. Cause, like, you, don't, you don't think it is? I don't know. Raptors, I feel like the team with a bunch of long athletic forwards, Tory Craig, a long athletic forward. I mean, he's not like a super long athletic forward. I mean, he's more of that than Brooke Lopez is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you just look at the minutes, it's more that DJ Augustine, Pat Condon. I mean, are you going to put Tory Craig at really center? Well. No, I'd put Giannis at center and Tory Craig at the four. It's something I would like to see more of. That I think is Yeah, I mean, they they did it against the they did it against the Nuggets. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, you're Better, right. Let's get let's get away from that. That game stunk. Why would we want to replicate that inspiring win that had everyone so positive? Yeah. Oh, that just makes me more sad because it's like they're capable of doing this. Yes, we, we have evidence. I mean, look. Bobby yeah, when people say it's better to Bruce have Lopez. loved and lost than never to have loved at all, they're wrong. It's BS. It's BS. Yeah. It's absolute BS. It's, again, it's this whole Bucks thing of one step forward, three steps back. You know, a bunch of great switching, and then they start the next game in the drop. It's like freaking Groundhog Day, which just recently happened. Yeah, it was and like last week, and I was like, oh, I forgot that was a thing. Bango saw his shadow, and Brooke Lopez is starting for three more years. <laughs> That's where we're at. I guess Bingo we're coaching now because yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Tory Craig's minutes. This was a rough one for old Bud. Yeah, it really was. He probably should. We say this all the time, or at least Bucks Twitter does in general. He should have gotten at least like a technical this game. Oh yeah, that, I guess. So I think this was pre-pod. I was kind of saying I thought the Bucks got a pretty solid whistle overall. The miss flagrant on Giannis was bad, and there was a foul, and then the first quarter. Where he went up and just got obviously hacked, and Giannis complained, but we didn't. At least on the broadcast, nothing was shown that Bud was doing, and that's just like, just get the tech, man. Just do it. Like someone, I'm sure, could cover the fine if that's the concern. Like, just please. I don't please. know. Could someone cover the fine? I mean, why is he still on the team? <laughs> I was. 
Yeah, you know <laughs> could what? Could someone cover the fine time? <laughs> could, yes. Would, absolutely not. Absolutely not. John Horst is coaching for food court vouchers, or GMing for food court vouchers. I don't think. That's not true anymore, I know. He got a raise. Don't come at me with facts. This is a memes and rant pod. It's not, not, we've got facts on here. I shouldn't say that. Oh, no, um, yeah. It's a nuanced rant pod. Yeah. But, like, so, what, again, this is, I mentioned one step forward, three steps back. Portis closes the game against OKC, and it's playing really well, and he's played really well all year. And the defense is an issue, but we've already covered. The Brook Lopez defense, not exactly a world beater. He's not exactly, you know, covering up for a ton of things. Kind of the opposite. In this game, we get five more minutes of Lopez than Portis. And this, the Lopez-Portis lineup, I just hate it. I just hate it so much. I don't get it. What do they do? Lose. No, like... You know what? I'm going to pull up the I'm gonna pull up the numbers, but go ahead and talk. So, if you're a coach of a basketball team, right, you go and you make these lineups, I assume. I'm not an actual coach for an NBA basketball team. Not uh, yet. Not yet. Uh, Bucks, if you're listening to this. Uh, right down the road. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're an NBA head coach, you go at like specific lineups thinking, oh, this is what this group is going to do. This is what this group could do. When you have y- Brooke Lopez, well, I can't even talk, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis out there at the same time, what do you expect to happen offensively and defensively? Defensively, if you're running both of them off, like with drop coverage, you just have two positions that you can't switch. Both of your front court players aren't going to switch. Which, sure, that definitely helps your defense because one player dropping is great. It's worked so well. Let's do two. Let's do two. Let's see how that works. Offensively, neither of them are players you would really want stretching the floor like too much. Too much? Uh, Bobby can hit it. We know Brooke is is capable. He hasn't shown that much of late. But... You know what? Sure. But also, what are you doing? Because if Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis are out there, Giannis isn't out there. Unless you just go full galaxy brain. They do do that sometimes, by the way. I know. It's great. They should do it more often, in my opinion. If you're going to have both of them out there, you got to have Giannis out there. Because then you just wreak havoc. Just go all in on size if you're doing that. But yeah. if you have those two sans Giannis, like, what are you, who are you spacing the floor for? DJ Augustine? Yeah. Tory Craig? I can't handle people even saying the name anymore. Yeah, I just, like, I, I don't know what you're doing offensively and defensively. Like, what is the game plan? Like, what do you so, expect to happen? It kills me to say that Portis, Lopez, two-man, any lineup where they're on the floor together is plus 12 so far this season. How many? Definitely minutes? some... Yeah, uh, I don't have it up right now. It's a decent sample size. I think there's definitely some bum slang happening there. I don't like it as a combination. I'm catching flack for this, saying Bobby Portis is a center. I feel like it's not a hot take. It, I don't know. Apparently he's a forward, not a center. Okay, whatever. Okay, cool. He's he's probably listed as a forward, but tell me he a is. game well, where he's... Like it depends. He, like ESPN, I think has him as a center. Go on. He's 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 the backup center on this team. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. Um, Brooke, Giannis, Portis in six minutes. Like feels like it can't be right. Like, NBA stats just feels off this year. NBA uh, stats. You have ruined your site. 
It's awful. Negative 53 net rating, but in six minutes you can't. But see, no, that must be per game because they have 17 game sample. Let's go to totals. Hold on. We're numbering Fix your the numbers. damn site, NBA. Make it six minutes. How could it be six minutes in 17 games? Five seconds a game. <laughs> We've seen it with the Tenacious thing. Bud does not mind doing that. Yeah. It'd be more than five seconds a game. Right? Who cares about don't 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 do the math now, please. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just think at this point the stuff Bobby can do makes him worthwhile to play, even though obviously there's there's limitations. But see I, the, I need the more thing is, right yeah. now. Okay. There one you go, thing, I'm all over the place. One thing on Bobby. I feel like he's better as a reserve. He's definitely better okay. as a reserve. I do not think he should be the starting center on this team. I think should he's be better the closing at, center. Yes, that is where I was going next. He should okay. definitely be on the floor for closing lineups. I do not think he should be out there, you know, sort of expending more of his energy out there at center against, like, you know, traditional big guys. Like, there's no point. There's no point. Maybe Brooke Lopez is uh, now the Thon Maker role, the Thon Maker starting role. Maybe that's what you have to reduce him to, realistically. Just oh. play him as a nominal starter and then just pull him five minutes into the game. Like, is that we're where we're heading place. towards? We're in a dark timeline. But am I wrong here? I think he's just going to be a, a matchup guy now for him to play. I don't, I don't, I don't get how he plays thirty minutes in this game. Um, like Philly, I guess, throw him out there on Embiid. I think Embiid is just going to freaking fillet him. Quite frankly, Embiid's playing at an MVP level now. He looks better than ever. Philly looks better than ever. I don't think, like, I think that's what I keep seeing. You know, oh, we still have him. We need him for Philly. Gotta have him for Philly. I don't know if I like that matchup for the Bucks anymore um, based on how both guys look this season. But I, I think, yeah, I think we're getting to, as long as he's still on the team, it's got to be more of like, a, like, you brought this up when we first talked about Lopez. Like, how can we make this work? So I don't think you should do that for 30 minutes a game because it's just like you're expending so much energy to make a role player who's not doing much very well work. And it's just like, why? Like, the juice did is the, not worth the squeeze. Did the Bucks keep the wrong Lopez? Ooh, I have not watched enough Robin, but maybe they might have. You're sitting back there, like you're the look on your face, like you're like really feeling that one. Yeah, I'm proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm, you're like I'm a leader of thought. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> driving the conversation. That was good. That was good. Um, is Mamade Diakite our last hope? I don't know. Don't ask OGGZ because he'll just uh, fill you with all the propaganda. <laughs> He's fully on the DK. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. Who's Jake Reitz? Is that who keeps clipping all the Bucks yes, D League games? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong or pronounced it wrong. Great no, new follow. No, I think it's Jake Reitz. Freaking nailed it off top. Um, but I'm loving the all the clips and the stats because I I would love to watch these games. I don't have time to watch the G League games anymore if I'm not going to be there covering them. Especially the herd doesn't even freaking exist, so it's really tough. But Diakite looks really good. I you mean, I want to do the, the Iceman style layup. I think I did. Yeah, coast to coast. Ah, oh, beautiful. It's man, if he's some, if he's in a different jersey, non G League, non Bucks, like a different NBA team, and this happens with Christian Wood and Frank Mason and now Diakite, like it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be yeah. painful. It's hey, it's, it's it's the first part of the first year of his two way. It's fine. Frank Mason was the first year of his two way 
with the with the Bucks org last year. He's actually available right now. I think Orlando waived him. Would not because he would got not hurt. hate to see that, huh? Because he got hurt, didn't he? Oh, is that, I think I missed that. Yeah, I saw he had a really nice play with Mo Bamba, and I was like, no, I think he I think he got hurt. Oh, that's unfortunate. And Cole, Magic has zero point guards. They keep signing they have, point guards, and they keep getting hurt. They are cursed. Right? I don't know what they did, but everyone on that team is hurt right now. Yep. Um, I, yeah, it was just announced like Cole Anthony's out for like six to eight real. weeks or something. Nikola Vucevic just holding it down. Demand a trade, Vuce. Yeah. Ooh. It's, nah, no, not a chance. He's a yeah. franchise cornerstone there, bro. Come on. We can't – let's not do that thing where we toss like salary-matching scraps – and draft picks the team doesn't actually have, but are on the d- trade machines. And Wait, go, are you saying the Bucks can't All-Star? get Bradley Beal? Oh, I am, but man, that would be fun. <laughs> would that fix all of the problems? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> a lot of well, them. Who, who would be a bigger addition to the Bucks, Vooch or Bradley Beal? Uh, Beal. Come on. I Is can't that ask that one straight. I was like, come on, man. That's, you're jumping the shark. Oh, um, I don't know what to think anymore because a part of me thinks Vooch, <laughs> honestly. No, I'm out on that. I just play honest the five. I, I and I know people. Oh, the samples isn't good. Figure it out. Like it's don't just oh it hasn't worked. In Watch the, the Nuggets game. We've done it. It's like you, he clearly can do all the things. Like why would it not work? Like think logically. Don't just look at the numbers. Like why would it not work? Yeah. You think Giannis can't do center stuff? No, I think Giannis can do all the center stuff. It's what it does like. I don't see an issue at all. I, I think they should try it more and make it work. Like, you have all the pieces now. Make it work. And part of that is going to be Tory Craig, I think. I don't know what this guy did to Bud. I have no idea. But it's bad. Like, I, I don't understand how he's not playing more. I know he had a lot of fouls in one game, and it, it chafed Bud. It wasn't that many fouls. You can only get six. You foul out. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a ceiling. You can only get six, and then you're done. You can only do so much damage. And the worst thing that happens if you do that is you can't play anymore, which already happens if you don't play in the first place. You're not solving anything. Yeah. So is this? Are we are we continuing the bud conversation? Because I, I have something I want to talk about. Go ahead. I feel like I've gotten to most things already in various points of my rant. I don't know how much farther down I can dig. So yeah, let me just so. The Bucks had it down to a two-point game, 103-101, right, uh, with 9-14 left in the fourth quarter. I'm going to read you the success possessions, okay? Oh, boy. So, uh, Fred Van Vliet, pull up three, uh, 106-101. Uh, then Bobby Portis driving layup, so it's 106-103. Uh, Chris Middleton comes back in, Pat Connaughton's out. Uh, Giannis turns it over. Uh, Norman Powell, three, off of Fred Van Vliet assist, 109-103. Then then what happens? Bryn Forbes misses a a floater. Then you get a Chris Boucher, three, uh, 112-103. So you go from a two-point game to a nine-point game (laughs) in the span of two minutes. Just turnovers leading to open threes. And just, just nothing, nothing was good, nothing at all. You had a chance to take the lead. You had a chance to take the lead, and you just, you just mess it up. You're that gif where that guy just drops all of the, drops all all the water things. That's an all-time gif. Yeah, just I don't know what you're doing. Like some of these shots are just, just.
like they're, Dante's they're unintelligent. Yeah, they're unintelligent with shots. I need to I need to see how much Dante put up in the fourth quarter, but NBA stats isn't letting me. It's just like I just feel like it doesn't have to be this way. I don't think every team has like Pat and Dante take their their version of Pat and Dante take more shots than their version of Chris and Giannis. That's what happened in this game. Pat and Dante more shots than Chris and Giannis. Pat and Dante twenty nine, Chris and Giannis twenty eight. It's just, why? I mean, I, Pat was hot. Sure. Come on. Just come on. They What was that playoff of the timeout where they ran, a, we, we talked about this earlier, where they ran Pat off a pin down off the baseline and had him curl up for a corner three? Like, where was that's that for Chris play, all night? Where was like, that for Chris all night? Like, that's your play out of bounds? Like, yeah, again, yeah, that's a good point. Where is like, that for Chris? Like, just replace Pat Connaughton with Chris Middleton. Well, I can't even talk. Do Chris it over Middleton. and over. Like, that should happen all the time. Yeah, why isn't that your game-winning play? No, it's sending that same, send him to the close side corner over and over and over. Oh, brother! It's just like they just do so many. Like again, it's just like it just feels like the Bucks. They make the game so hard when they just don't need to. Here's you, you want real Bucks it's, optimism. Here it is. They just no, feel like they're first? wearing ankle weights the entire game. Rock Lee, man, Rock Lee from. Um, Oh boy, I'm exposing myself to the anime heads. I don't remember. Is it One Piece? I don't think so. I don't even know. You're lost. Doesn't matter. It doesn't I'm matter. Very lost. I'm already. I think I've already admitted I'm a fake anime fan. Haven't really watched it for a long time. Doesn't matter. I digress. Um. Yeah, no, I can't remember where that's from. It doesn't matter. Okay, the Bucks make everything so much harder than it needs to be for the Bucks optimists out there. I still think this group could win a championship. I still think that, oh, the players, the players. I still think the players uh, gathered could win a championship. And I don't think the roster building has been perfect. I'm not, you know, raising a banner. You still have John Horace's executive. That would be a weird banner. I'm, I'm not saying that. I still think it's good enough. I still think the talent is there, despite all the negatives we've seen. But the Bucks spot, like, I don't know, 8, 10, 15 plus points every single game, just completely needlessly, letting Chris Boucher shoot open threes. Like, that should be a high-end thing on the scouting report. And I know people will say, oh, you're not going to scout for every single regular season game. This isn't a deep cut. I don't watch the Raptors. I knew Chris Boucher was hitting threes. Why would you? You still got it. You still got the fastball. You like to see that. Um, But it's like like he's shooting for – just literally pull up basketball reference. Oh, Chris Boucher is now a good three-point shooter. Forty-three percent on four shots a game. Better not leave him open for seven of them, and it happens. Like going under on anything, Fred Van Vliet. Like trying to post up Brooke Lopez against this tenacious help-defending team. Not running any Chris stuff that they ran for freaking Pat Connaughton at Bryn Forbes eighty times a game. It's just like it's just so frustrating because it's like uh, who's the Greek myth guy who has to roll a stone up the hill and he gets his liver eaten by crows? Oh, I should know this. That's 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 pro, is that Prometheus? Yes. Yep. That's that because he because he gave people fire. That's Prometheus. That's being that's Bucks fans too. It's, oh oh we're switching now. Oh we're almost all the way. Oh we're back down at the bottom. The stones on us. The the Bucks ate our liver. It's brutal. <sighs> That's I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top that analogy, ever. I, my mind works in mysterious, <laughs> awful ways. 
That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's just they just shoot themselves in the foot constantly. Just constantly. Constantly. Call him Plaxico Burris. There's a reference. Oh, my goodness. There's a reference. Listen. Listen. That's just where we're at. That's yeah. just where we're. No, it it's really been a is. while since we've had a truly unhinged podcast. Yeah. So I'm glad we got to. We're, we're, getting, we're getting to do this again. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're going to be having to do a, a couple more of these, uh, <laughs> probably soon. I'd assume. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Yeah, we're also going to have to do late night Tuesdays from now on because it's like that, it does. I, I, yeah. It plays into it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense Usually, to record before the game. So no. Ah, oh, imagine how dumb you could look. No, it's like, if we had the day to cool off, it'd probably be a different pod. But that's the nice thing about mixing it up. Some Euro step after dark, some, you know, next day rational, that you're going to get some of this, and then some, I think it balances out nicely. Yeah, it really does. We've been, we haven't really gotten a lot of Tuesday games, but we have a nice three-week stretch of them. Um, yeah, should we? We didn't really mention Pat Connison at all. Like besides, like that he was like, oh, he was good. Let's he was let's, good. Should we wrap on good stuff? I think yeah. We let's let, let's things. wrap on good stuff. Yeah. So Pat Connison, yeah. yeah, he was good. He like absolutely lit lit the world on fire, especially in like the first half. What did he have? Like sixteen or eighteen at half, something like that. They were only in the first half because of Pat Connison. As silly as that sounds, it was a tie game at halftime. I, yeah, I think he had almost all of his points. And it wasn't just hitting threes. Like, he was getting to the basket a bit. He dunked, like, twice, I think, in the one quarter. He was like, actually he was blocking shots? Yes. Pat Instead Connors of just blind. jumping at people? It, it worked. It's I think the yeah. difference. Um, 8 for 15 from the field, 4 for 10 from deep. So, 4 for 5 from within the arc, which is very good. 5 rebounds, 2 offensive, 1 assist, 3 blocks. Did have a turnover. A rare occurrence for Pat Connaughton. Release the Doves. Uh, that's a good thing. The Doves, I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing could happen with Doves. He turned the ball over. Release the Doves. Points, plus Pat six. Connaughton turned the ball. Yeah, plus six. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, him and Tory Craig and DJ Augustine. Plus, if you want, an, if you want so evidence to not trust plus the, minus, the DJ Bucks Augustine lost plus by... two. Just great. Yeah. They lost by 11, and they won Pat 31 minutes by 6. So that means the Bucks, or they won his his 31 minutes by 6. So they lost the 17 not Pat minutes by 17, right? Yep. That's how that adds up. So they, yeah. they were shedding a point a minute in non-Pat, and that cost them the game. Amazing. Yeah, hey, it's Not good for my portfolio. It's good for my portfolio. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, but just if Pat Connaughton, like, I'm torn. Because in order to be a championship contender team, you need to be able to have role players who are capable of stepping up in this manner, right? You need to have these guys, because that's what puts you over the edge. You have these guys that sort of go off. Why do the Raptors have a title? Because Fred Van Vliet had a kid. Like, that's why. Like, this, these things happen. Like, if Pat Connaughton is capable of being that guy, Good on him. It shouldn't be needed, you know? It should be yeah. what push, pushes you over the edge. It shouldn't be what keeps you there, like, treading water. Right. 
Yeah. It, it, again, generally nice to see that from him. Especially, I've kept the faith in the last few games. He hasn't been good. He hasn't hit any shots in quite a while. But I still thought his baseline game was pretty good. We saw him explode here. It was nice. I think, I guess, I don't really care about it that much. Fiserv had fans back. I'm not super pro that, but I only had like 250. I think they're trying to do it safely. Whatever. I mean, they're trying to get money too, but tonight was friends and family. Uh, so not as much that, but I think the energy helped him a little bit, but I also just think like he was in a slump and he was going to break out of it and he did. And I still think he's a useful bench player. Giannis, just like on a phenomenal run lately. I mean, break it down. Let's talk, talk. I've, I've, I've taken so much air. Talk about Giannis, Rohan. You deserve this. So Giannis, without Drew Holiday in the lineup, we've mentioned that he's sort of taken over more of the playmaking responsibilities because Chris is not uh, as of late. Giannis has taken that. He shouldered that load. And my goodness, my goodness, he's he's really brought himself back into the MVP conversation, realistically. Mm-hmm. Even though the Bucks have been kind of losing games, they don't have a great record. What are they, 16-12 and 12 now, right? Like they're four games over 500. Like yes. that's not great, but they're and they're still like still top third in the, four east. in the east. Yeah, it's yeah. weird here. But Giannis has just been going. He's been reverting back to his MVP levels, and he's doing it in a different way though, because he's sort of playing into what made him like sort of an adjusted player when we were talking about the beginning of the season, right? He was sort of changing his role up a bit. He was sort of, you know, being more of a secondary creator. But he's he's become more of a primary creator, but in that sort of secondary creator mold, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, he's initiating actions where he's going to be a screener. Like, I noticed this at the end of the, uh, at, during the fourth quarter of this game against the Raptors, where he's sort of orchestrating a Chris Giannis pick and roll when he's bringing the ball up the floor. Like, okay, here's what we're running. This is the sets we're sort of getting into. We're running this. And then he sort of becomes, you know, the screener. Like, he's creating his own secondary actions now, which is just insane to see Giannis sort of evolve into that level playmaker while also, like, you know, blocking shots and doing normal Giannis stuff, dunking on people, you know, getting to the rim at with ease. But he's adding that other level to his game, which is just, it's just insane how much better he gets every single season. It's just wild. And, and he's hes rightfully back in the MVP conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's just really reassuring. Uh, clearly, you know, Giannis not playing his best ball earlier in the year. If it was still like that, I think this run would feel so much worse. It's a different kind of disappointing to see him play this well and the Bucks still you know, squander it, essentially, and, and lose four in a row. But it does kind of give you that a little bit of underlying confidence of, like, figure a couple other things out, keep Giannis playing like this, and all of a sudden you're going to be able to beat pretty much anybody on every night. And it's hard to say that as a team that just lost four straight games. But I agree with everything you said. I mean, his brilliance is showing he's finding ways to facilitate without becoming too passive, which I think was something he struggled more with earlier, finding those those open looks while attacking the basket, kind of meshing the two things together more, which is a huge step for him. The fadeaway jumpers looking good. The threes were extremely confident in this game. Oh, so, they were crisp. Uh, he was snapping those. Yes, snapping. which is so nice to see because I, I alluded to earlier, way too many, you know, 
six dribble pull up three. I don't like those very much, but if he's just going to get right into it, sure. I will say he is also using that to his advantage now in terms of yeah. like his uh, six dribble pull ups. He's baiting teams now. Like he did that against the Raptors. Like he was uh, sort of dribbling along like the right elbow. And uh, who was, I think it was OG on him. I think this was like late third quarter. He was sort of dribbling, taking his time. And then you could see Chris Boucher sort of starting to form that barrier. I'm not saying it. Uh, (laughs) And what does he do? He just throws a quick no-look pass to Brook Lopez in the corner for three. Like, he, I was sure he was just going to pull up. I was sure he was going to do it. Because you can tell when Giannis is going to pull up. Like, Bucks fans know when Giannis is going to take a three. And sure, it's still a little predictable. But he's sort of he's sort of learning. He's becoming more self aware of that fact and using it to his advantage. Yeah, um, so great to see from Giannis. We've been asked to react to quotes. I've been Ooh. tagged on Twitter. Okay, Budenholzer on the defense. This is from uh, he didn't tag me. This is Eric name tweeted it. Um, let me get this correct. I believe display name is just depression, which I feel you. Fair. That's that's terrific. I think the ad is Tyler Tyler two eight one three. So again, display name just depression. Feel you. Budenholzer on the defense tonight. This is from Eric name. Van Vliet was obviously good. I thought they got into the paint and hurt us with threes. They hurt us a little bit in transition. They hurt us on the offensive board. It was a little bit of everything. Boucher hit some shots. They played well. What is any of that? We lost for the reasons we lost. We, we did and then not, I guess the, we did lose the basketball game. Boucher hit they, they some did, shots. Uh, that that one annoyed me the most. That annoys me. I wonder me why. Because that that implies that that's not normal. It wasn't anticipated, yeah. Like, oh yeah, we didn't we didn't expect this forty five percent free uh three point shooter to, you know, hit some threes. Uh, when he's open. Yeah. We didn't expect that going in, you know. How could we have known? Yeah, that, that's You know what? They got they, lucky. They got lucky. They hit uh, league average. They they hit their averages. We got lucky. Yeah. Or they got lucky, pardon me. I think that's all. That annoys me. Uh, yeah. That I, I think that's – I think – I feel like Bud is the master of annoying quotes that don't mean a whole lot, and this is right on How, Why the are other, we stuck with this tie? Why are we stuck with coaches that give annoying quotes? Like, Why? Why? Why are we cursed? We just say the magic were cursed with point guards, but now we're co- cursed. I, I do think about that sometimes. Remember Joe Prunty? Oh God! I don't really. I don't really. I know he was. I can't he was believe here. he was the head coach <laughs> for like two months. But he was. He didn't coached a well. playoff series. It didn't go well. <laughs> a seven-game playoff series. It, yeah, I guess. Could have been worse. Um, quote from Giannis, again from Eric name. I kind of feel like everybody, in parentheses, on Twitter and social media, in parentheses, is in panic mode, and that should not be the case. Kindly disagree. It's been pretty bad, Giannis. The world's not ending. It's been pretty bad. There's some really troubling signs. If I it mean, was like, like, yeah, if you if you want to calm us down, maybe win a game. That <laughs> yeah, would help. It's, it's clearly not on him. No, I'm just I mean, saying. I'm saying as a team, as a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not you, Giannis. I just talked about how incredible you are. I love you, man. He could could just you know 
little less just watching good shooters shoot from three. They're kind of sort of your man. Would help a little bit, but it, Giannis, not at fault for these losses. Let's let's no. keep it a buck. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's the Aaron Rodgers R-E-L-A-X. And, and hopefully That's he follows it up with it. Yeah, hopefully it's followed up with a similar but even better run after. That wasn't the Super Bowl year, right? That was after. No, it was not. Yeah, they, but did they, go they went on a crazy run. Season. Yeah. Regular season. That's a very Bucks thing. Packers have been very Bucks-ish since that Super Bowl. It's just a Wisconsin sports thing at this point. Yeah. It's just we're just cursed. We're just cursed. Yeah. Except not the Brewers. They're just like, yeah. I guess they've had some yeah. runs too. I digress. They might be good. We Travis Shaw might be yeah, coming back. Your turn. It is my turn. Oh, uh, so. Oh. Yeah. What? What? You don't want Travis Shaw? I'm though? not a big Travis Shaw guy. Not a big Travis Shaw guy. Mayor of Ding Dong City or whatever his nickname is. Right? That's the best part of the Travis Shaw experience. I know my baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> my cho- uh, yeah, let's get to choose your fighter quick. Uh, so, I, I actually had a different thing, but I got inspired in our little uh, pre-pod chat here. And uh, Oh, boy. Uh, your choose your fighter is if you are just, you know, you're sitting there. You're kind of kind of like, damn, Buck's lost. What am I supposed to do here? And you don't, you go in your fridge and you don't have any beer. You just don't have any. What are you grabbing? You're grabbing a seltzer? You mixing your own drink? Or you, you know, just getting, just getting a glass of whatever's there. Oh, obviously, I, I know you're hardcore. I feel that. So, a confession. I've tried to do hard liquor straight. It's not really for, at least it hasn't been. Maybe it's something you age into more. Like, I, I went through a phase where I was drinking, God, Evan Williams, the cheap whiskey, because I was young and broke. I always used to call it Evan Turner. That's how that's how much NBA I watch. I always be like, does anyone have a bottle of Evan Turner? And they're like, what the hell is Evan? I was like, oh, Evan Williams. <laughs> um, but I went through a, Assistant a, a coach quick Celtics, phase. Apparently. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's good for him. Good for him. Um Maybe head coach soon, the way they played a lot of the year. Bazinga. Ooh. Um, I tried tried to do whiskey on ice. It's tough for me. It's just so much of a bite. So it's not, that, that's not really for me. I want to get back into it just because it feels cool, but also, like, self-care is important. Yeah. Seltzers are okay. I don't mind a good seltzer, but sometimes they just feel too sickly sweet to me. I, I just can't do it. I started off drinking on Red's Apple Ale when I was, like, First, in first, first dipping in the game. Can't even do it anymore. Just too sweet. I get, I get gut rot. So I'm gonna go with the mixed drink. Give me a good gin and tonic with lime, of course, or uh, a whiskey coke would also be quite good. So I'm gonna mix the drink, especially if I had. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe when I go back downstairs after this pot, I might. I feel like I need. I deserve one after this night. But, yeah. but what about you? It's tough. It depends really like, I don't know. I'm probably going to end up mixing my own drink because you can't, Yeah. it just, it feels more satisfying. It really does. Like in terms of like, just like you said, grabbing a seltzer, fine. like, sure, it's good. feels kind of weak sometimes, you know? It's weird for me to drink at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a daytime thing. I mean, yeah, that's fair. It's like more of like a, like an afternoon, like it's still sunny out sort of thing. 
Let, let me get buzzed before 5 p.m. I'll grab a seltzer. Not that I would ever do that, of course. On a weekday. But not on a weekday. Yeah, not on a weekday. No, not on Allegedly. a Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it just, just mix in your own drink. This was an easy one for me. It feels better. Uh, yeah. I can't really get into the just uh, – I've done a little bit of, like, you know, just hard liquor straight up. Like, it's fine. It 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 does seem cooler. It really does. Like, I don't know if that's just uh, alcohol companies getting to you, like in terms of marketing. Maybe it is. Uh, it definitely feels cooler. You feel you feel like a gravitas when you do that. Yeah. So it depends. If I want, if I feel like, if I'm in a bad mood because it's like, oh, man, don't really have the power to do anything. You just do that and you just feel cooler. You just do that. But if you're just like down like tonight because of the Bucks game, feeling blue, you're just mixing a drink. What What drink are you mixing? I've said yeah. my two staples. Yeah, I'm usually going like a whiskey coke, rum coke. Yeah, yeah. It's, Good options. It's classic. Can't my really go issue wrong. is, if I keep the coke around, I'll just like have a tired afternoon, and I'll just drink the coke. I'll drink a coke at like three thirty p.m. to the point where I don't have enough for my mixed drink. Like that's my new bad habit. Which I guess if it doesn't. If it avoids alcoholism, it's probably worth it. <laughs> probably. But it's also very frustrating when I'm like, oh, man, I don't have anything to put in this. Sad. I guess I'll have some more water. <laughs> yeah, water's good. Always make sure to drink water. You know what else is good? Always stay hydrated. What? Malibu with uh, pineapple mango, Tropicana. Ooh. Solid. Oh, wow. Might have to try yeah. some of that. That's good. Like, you get that uh, pineapple, mango, uh, whatever that mix is, which is good on its own, too. Uh, that just good. add some Malibu sounds... to that. It's good. It's I really like good. some gin would be good with that. So gin and juice is elite. Yes. But you got to uh, be careful. With gin and juice is like, just watch yourself. Yeah. You got you to gotta have some sort of self-control there. You got to be able to get out of hand like they did with the basketball quick. game late in the fourth quarter. See how I brought uh, it back? That's called that's pro stuff. Always bringing it back. Okay. Somehow this this pod feels longer than it has been, but it also feels shorter at the same time. So I guess it averages out to normal. <laughs> Profound profundity again from Rohan Kadi. Yeah, that's the mindset I'm in. Honestly, <laughs> like nothing makes sense to me anymore. This bizarro bucks. Bizarre, yeah, just absolute bizarro bucks. Just late night Euro step after dark, unhinged rant pod. This is fun. This is good. This is good yeah. content, I will say. Uh, is there anything else we really need to cover here? I'm tapped out. Yeah, I, I, I'm tapped out too. So I'm I guess we'll say yeah. thank you for listening to this episode of the Euro step here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you want to get in on the aforementioned Discord where we have that's just unhinged. Uh, 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 like Ty said earlier tweet me or Ty a picture or screenshot of you listening to the podcast giving it a 5 star review we'll make sure to get you in there right away we're really we're quick on those times we're elite on getting you in there as soon as possible uh, I was like oh I'm going to be Ty to this one and then I see like oh he's already got it I was like are you serious <laughs> like I was doing like this like two seconds later just I'm all over I got, man I got to be quicker than that 
but yeah, if you want to get in on that, just tweet me or type screenshot of you listening to the pod. Make sure to get you in there right away. Uh, make sure you tell your friends and family about the show. Spread the good word about this uh, pod that's just unhinged. And it's just raw bucks. Raw bucks. Um, stay safe out there, everyone. And we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.